didn't kill Tina. And he didn't hang himself. It's this guy. He's after us in our dreams. But that's just not reality, Nancy. It's real, Mama. Feel it. Give me that damn thing. It even has his name written in it. Fred Krueger, Mom. Fred Krueger. Do you know who that is, Mother? Because if you do, you better tell me because he's after me now. <laughs> it was fun. I did feel unsafe. I, I just got, in case I didn't say, I just got back from Mexico. Oh, we aren't even running yet. Oh, we are. I mean, well, we can, uh, I hit the button. but I, I thought you, I saw you hit the button. Oh, shit, let's go. Hello, and welcome <laughs> to a brand new episode of Fascinate with Films. Dave's about to tell stories. you're reaching with that. <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready to wax, <laughs> wax uh, fond of, of a memory. Yeah, do it. Tell us all about it. We're just talking about off mic until I pushed record. <laughs> We were t- Dave just got back from his. Can't Mexican- you cut that other stuff and just move? Nah, 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 nah. Uh, Dave just got back from Mexico. I just got back from Scandinavia, and we were talking about each of them. But what were you about to uh, talk? I about? did it in Mexico just to, for some some context. I did a Mexico trip that you couldn't buy from a travel yeah. Expedia is not selling this one. Nobody's setting this trip up. My wife set it up. It was the best time ever. Uh, in case you listen to this, it was it, it was one of your your favorite vacations. It was one of my favorite vacations, but nice. it was we had to rely heavily on speaking Spanish. It's one of those things. It's one of those vacations that it's difficult, but when you get home and you look back on it, you were like, "Oh, that was kind of actually." I thought we were going to have fun. all kinds of issues, yeah. language barriers, vehicle issues. But you not, guys spoke Spanish pretty well, right? We spoke Spanish pretty well enough to communicate. You, you and Maria speak Spanish, yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, I, I can say nothing. She uh, mañana, she, and she studied it. <laughs> I got that for like, she studied it for like three or four months before we left. Oh, too. okay. So she was. She had already there. known it, and because she had been to this area before. Like when I went, I, because I went to Copenhagen and to Sweden, and they appreciated you not speaking their language. <laughs> it's literally more about like if you learn how to greet a server, yeah, how to greet. A hotel it does person. Go far. How to ask for stuff you need? You if, know, if I was going to a place a where I would class, where I felt like they'd appreciate, like Paris, obviously they want you to learn it at that stuff at the minimum. The, I'll tell you though, having gone to having spoken both languages before yeah. and having gone to both countries before, yeah. the Spanish, the Mexican people are way more patient. Yeah, if you they even, all do speak English for like the most in, part, or no? They no in no. in Mexico. Yeah. Almost none of them. Wow. The the hotel front desk person yeah, usually in, speaks English. Or in Scandinavia, they they say that they've learned since they've been ten years old. So they actually enjoy speaking English because they yeah they and they're fluent in it. Yeah, so and they're fluent in it. So is it, yeah, they get to use it too. It's like yeah, that what you said makes it sound like a nightmare to me. But it's machine great gun checkpoints, you speak small towns with bombed out buildings that look yeah. like Beirut. Everybody is. Working hard. Now, there was no... I didn't see... People don't panhandle down there, yeah. but they'll try to sell you... Like, Something. Garbage. Mexican flags or yeah, yeah, some yeah. guy... Cuban cigars in Merida. Yeah. I was in Merida. The, uh, guys walking up from everywhere. Even while you're eating and they let them do that. Like, yeah. They just let them come in the cigar? restaurant. I would have got a Cuban cigar. I didn't cigar. get a Cuban cigar. Probably not with my girl there, but... <laughs> Everything was pretty cheap in except for when we were in the one tourist place, yeah. uh, Tulum. Tourist places are always... 
pricey. Prices went up double. Yeah. Rooms went up double. I hear Iceland's one of the most expensive places, but we didn't find it. I don't think we get what most people get, though, because we're not drinkers. And, uh, well, people in Iceland, you have to buy it at the airport because it's super expensive everywhere else. It's like triple amount of what it normally is anywhere. So. Buy what? Alcohol? Alcohol. And take it duty-free into the country? Yeah, yeah. Once you land, even people that live in Iceland, they travel to the airport to go to. But the, I thought that's you had to have store. a ticket. I thought you had to have a ticket saying you were no, traveling. No, you, you, if you were going to, there's like an, uh, an inbound and an outbound. And I think the residents are allowed to okay. still do it. If you're a resident in, uh, in Iceland, you can. So it's crazy. But yeah, with an, uh, if you're like landing in the country, you have to show your boarding pass that you just landed to buy it and everything. So it's cool. They had the same thing in Sweden, we noticed too. But So yeah, did you watch any, you probably did, how fast are those flights? Did they even give you a movie on those flights? Uh, we flew American, which doesn't have screens. Oh man. But United they just have announced... free Wi-Fi and they'll let you watch it on your oh, phone. Okay, yeah, I've seen that. I, I've done that with American, so... but United just announced oh, you know what I yesterday saw? Uh, that all their seats are going to have screens from now Who? on. Who? United. Oh, okay. So. Delta has been that way for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, well, there are still some Delta flights that don't have it. Maybe Gainesville. Yeah. To like from Gainesville Atlanta, to Atlanta, but they don't need it. They don't need it. I mean, it's a forty-minute flight. I'll listen to a forty-minute uh, yeah. podcast. I I've been a Delta Reserve member for like five years. Yeah. I have to pay five hundred dollars a year to be that member. Worth it. It's worth it. You get a free companion fare. Oh, anywhere. So you, no matter what the ticket is, if you it's fly just... a lot. A free companion fare. Get that five hundred pays for that companion fare. Shit, man. Well, then maybe I need to be doing this. And I use it to charge everything, all my groceries, everything I do. So I get like 2,000 miles a month, two to 3,000 oh, yeah, yeah, miles yeah. a month. I'm up to 120,000 miles. That's like three tickets. Oh, wow. Um, but they also give me, a com- I get into the Sky Lounges Sky for Lounge, free. Yep. And I know we're going on in the podcast about but, this. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting paid by Delta to get this out. Yeah. Well, it's working <laughs> to something you watched, isn't it? What's and that? You didn't, that's how this whole conversation yes, started. it is working. Okay. To something all right, about. go ahead. Okay, so anyways... I watched uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I love it. It was great. I so fucking it was good. funny, man. It was I so love good. it. People are giving them I loved shit every for the comic. character. They did such a good job casting because I didn't know three uh, quarters of the people. Chris Pine is so funny, and Michelle Rodriguez was born for that role. I don't yeah. know if Justin, if you're listening, if you have you seen it yet? Does but she it's, not like her? Because uh, I don't really. No, like, I love. Michelle I don't really Rodriguez. even like her. Oh, I love except her. in the zombie one. Yeah, and when this she's one. well cast, she's like, she's great. I've seen her girl fight. I've seen great girl fight. I saw a couple clips from I've never seen Fast and the Furious. Nah, but, but hers is so it looks so. Lame. You can't you can't go by anybody's with Fast and the Furious, but I love the stuff like when he's with the break out of jail when he's like, if Andrew was here, he would really tell you. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. he would love this part yeah. of the story, and it's, <laughs> and it's funny just they approved his role. <laughs> yeah. I love every second of it. Hugh Grant just being snarky in the whole thing. It's exactly because people were like. Oh, Dungeons and Dragons shouldn't be this funny. I said, have you ever done like a campaign with you and all your friends? All it is is a fuck around fest. Yeah. Uh, and all you do is joke around and, and make fun of stuff and everything. I said, this is completely what this thing should have been. I mean, it's almost like they took... The- you know who one of the directors is, right? Uh-uh. Uh, two directors. One of them was the, the head geek from Freaks and Geeks. The really tiny kid that was Linda Cardellani's brother. Okay. In Freaks and Geeks, he played Dungeons and Dragons for the very first time. I watched a documentary for this Dungeons and Dragons. <clears throat> so the first time he's ever played Dungeons and Dragons was on Freaks and Geeks when they were teaching him how to play. And he says, and he started loving it. And they played all the time on Freaks and Geeks off camera just for fun. And he said, and that's where, and now he's directing 
freaking Dungeons. I love Dungeons and Dragons. <clears throat> I probably did it for four or five years, yeah. and I bet you I never went on more than three campaigns. Yeah, we didn't have it good was Dungeon a Master thing. I think it was no you. Dungeon Masters that knew how to do any of that yeah. stuff. It was really hard. Yeah, I wish I had learned how to do it because you're basically telling a story. Yeah, you're making up a story. You're yourself. making up a whole story. Yeah. Like there's a if you're a God, screenwriter, a you could you could be an awesome uh, Dungeon Master. Yeah. And then it's just like guiding everybody and say, okay, you came upon a yeah. monster. I'm going to roll for the monster. You guys roll for your turn. It, But to try to do that at eight, yeah. and like... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, were, you like, were too young. I would be good it. at it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I'd be blowing minds. Matthew Lillard's still doing it, I guess, online. He's running like online Dungeon Master things that can, people can join up with and stuff. It's fun. See, online would be way better. Yeah. Especially with Zoom now and you can see people and everything and you can put stuff on your screen or if you don't want to see people that, or whatever i've been playing i haven't played it in years but one of my favorite video games is diablo oh yeah and it's yeah, almost yeah. like Dungeons and Dragons. yeah and they've updated that so much there's probably a new day diablo there's too. probably six new ones. so you watch so that's cool that's one of the movies you watch this week uh and you watch that on the flight yep yeah definitely uh a great one i watched uh, i already talked about it but i'll mention it to you that uh that weird that weird al yankovic movie it was oh, available yeah? on uh the flight and it's fucking great you liked it i loved it because the, uh, what I don't realize, and I've mentioned, it, I'm not going to get into too much of it because I've mentioned it the last. You probably part. get two, three hours. Is, you put two, three movies in for that. Flight, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, that was like that's nine like an hour. That, it wasn't as bad as Germany. Germany was a fifteen yeah, but hour I, flight. For someone like you, it's almost like a reward. Oh yeah, I get to sit here. Someone no bringing me drinks and snacks. Oh, my problem. And I'm going to watch is, three movies. Is, uh, is unless they don't have a good selection, that would be the. I right would time. be easy by myself. I can see Christina shifting and her arm hurting and her neck hurting. Yeah. Like a rubber neck, and she's got to get up and walk around. She's yeah. not the best at those. But yeah, if it was just me on the flight, I'd be like, "Garçon, bring me some more peanuts, please." I would, I would like. Some uh, more so biscuits. yeah, that weird movie was great. But what I didn't realize about the movie is it's completely fabricated yeah every incidence of it no i he, heard that he, too. he's like upping who he dated who yeah, 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 he, he's yeah. killed people yeah, and yeah. it's really funny in that way and apparently the director wants to do a paul rubens one but i'd, I'd kind of want him to do the true paul rubens one even though a fake one would be really funny too uh but one movie that i saw and i'm not going to talk about this a lot because uh justin hasn't seen it yet and everyone out there should see it uh, but it's the 2023s, and I just watched this yesterday, 2023's Talk to Me. Now, I might have sent you a trailer for it. It's the possession, the Australian possession okay. movie where they touch the hand. It's like a uh, disembodied hand that sits on, like, the coffee table. And Who's it, coffee? It's like an embodied, and it, it has writing all over it. It's kind of white, and it's like pet, uh, petrified type of thing. And they don't tell you how they got it. They got it from somebody, and what happens is, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything that's not in the trailer uh, here, but it's it's very intense, and the, the first half of it is super good. The second half's good, too, but that first half really set the, uh, uh, the table of, us not knowing what was going to happen because at first you're seeing it go around on people's phones. Oh, they're doing that shit at the party tonight with the hand. What the hell is it? And what happens is, is they put the hand in front of you and you grab the hand and you say, talk to me. And all of a sudden a spirit, it's kind of like Ouija board meets flatliners. So, immediately when you say talk to me you see a dead person in front of you some random dead person everyone sees somebody different and everything and then the second part of it is while you're still gripping the hand you have to say let me in 
and that person will possess your body for the next 90 seconds because the people around you have to stop you and pull you away from the hand 90 seconds in. Bad stuff happens after 90 seconds. Uh, Sounds like gremlins. Don't feed so, them after So midnight. yeah, so there's rules to it and everything, and people are pushing the limits and everything. You know everything. why they make those rules? Well, what's crazy about it is when, you're, when you're watching it, you're, it reminds you of in the 90s or the early aughts where people were all hanging out at the house doing random weird drugs together. They were they were either rolling or they were doing acid or doing whippets and everyone's sitting around watching what people are doing. Like a lot of people back in the day, we would do whippets and we would pass each other out. Very bad fucking uh, shit to do. But you'd see some per- people like just collapse in someone's arms and it was always funny. And I was wait, with someone wait. that was on whippets and they saw Smurfs yeah. holding hands dancing it, around it, them. It, it, it's weird. So there's an element of that when you're all watching because everyone at one point they, they all start doing it at the party one after another and they're doing a collage and their eyes go black and they have to strap you down to the chair because you're snapping at people and everything and you're trying to get away I mean they're, they're fucking around with shit they shouldn't be fucking around with and it was fantastic it was just such a great there's not many great modern I already know what movies. happens and I haven't even seen Ooh, the movie man it's so good uh, it, uh, I had to actually buy it. I don't think it's a, it's not streaming anywhere right now. The you can rent it for five ninety nine on iTunes, and I suggest uh, this comes out like the day after Halloween. But we're still ripe with horror movies. Check it out with your friends, people, because unless you saw it in the theater, unless you buy it to rent, I don't even think it's available on Redbox. I found on my one of my searches on eBay, someone was selling it for eight dollars without the box, and I jumped on it. I was like, this might be the only way I can get this movie, so I blind bought it, and it came here yesterday, and thankfully I loved it. So. Did you watch any other ones besides Dungeons and Dragons the last um, couple weeks? I can't remember. I did watch them. Watch Indiana Jones yet? No, that was on was there. On the flight. So good. And so, I was like, so mm. good, man. Uh, yeah. I loved it. Uh, I, I don't probably Mission Impossible was on wasn't on there. Mm-mm. Man, I hope it's on my flight going up north because man, I love that movie. That was a great one. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of horror movies because I've been obviously going through the month of October and it usually carries over well into November for me because I go up north always and I do a horror pod with Eric. Uh, so I'll talk a couple, uh, some of my wild card. Obviously, we're doing a wild card Wednesday uh, today. Dave's talking about three movies. I'm going to talk about three movies. Uh, but just to a couple more that I had seen in the last couple weeks. Uh, I, I saw a couple decent ones and, and uh, one of the decent ones... Uh, no, the very good ones was Death Ship from 1980. Do you remember that? Richard Crenna, George Kennedy, and they're on like a cruise liner, and the cruise liner gets sunk. It gets rammed by this weird freighter. And what it turns out to be is it's like a ghost freighter. Like It's a death ship. It's a death ship, but it was like a Nazi prison death ship where people were killed on the ship and everything. So it rammed the cruiser. And everyone died except for like eight people that landed in the water on a raft. Who later wished they were dead. Yes. Because <laughs> then the freighter pulls up to them and they get on the freighter. And so that now, be because they think they're being rescued. And when they got on the freighter, not realizing this is the thing that rammed us. And this is a ghost ship that we're, we're on now. And it's it has a lot of elements of like Event Horizon where like you're seeing shit. You're seeing stuff from be- people getting electrocuted and Ship and horrors are always good, especially if they're at sea because yeah. you have no Well, it was go. great because it, it got 
George Kennedy first. So George Kennedy is is like the the bad guy in it. He's just randomly picking people up and and tossing them into the ocean and everything to and get he, out of his way. Uh, get- just to get out of his way, or uh, he's in charge. He's the uh, because he was the captain of the other ship, and uh, he felt like the other ship. He was, wasn't going to uh, go down taken, with the ship. Yeah, he felt like the other ship was taken from him from Richard Crenna. So he has like animosity uh, for him. So Richard Crenna and his family are on the ship, and bad shit starts happening. It was pretty damn good. It was one of the ones that was focused on in that in the dark uh in search of darkness documentary i've written down i've talked about it on the pod before but i've written down like 50 movies that i had never seen or i've seen the vhs cover and i had never uh, gotten before and that was one of them one of the other ones i watched before we get into the wild card is sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama from 1988 i hope this isn't what this wasn't one of the, your wild card picks, what was it was called it? <laughs> <laughs> sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama i didn't this wasn't one of your picks huh no. okay never heard of this one. so this is leanna quigley uh no yes it is leanna uh linnea quigley who uh, i was just talking about with dave because she was on in search of darkness she is famous for uh return of the living dead night of the living dead taking her clothes off. uh taking her clothes off she's a major scream queen uh from the 80s that everyone will know this one of the the only movie she did not take her clothes off was this movie. What? Uh, and, which is one of the reasons she loves it so much. She actually just get the act in it and everything. But it was a super fun movie where uh, these sorority guys are <coughs> being are spying on these. Uh, they're not sorority guys. They're just like townies that are spying on these guys. sorority girls. And during their initiation, and they get dragged in there by the sorority girls. And, and for some reason, the the uh, sorority girl higher ups say unless you want us to go to the cops and tell them you were spying on us you're going to go on the mission that we're going to send these sorority girls on and it's to go to the mall and inside the mall there's a bowling alley with a bowling trophy in it and we want you to steal it and come back so that's the the job they have to do so once they get inside they get the bowling trophy and they accidentally drop it and when they drop it an evil imp that's like three feet tall and has like a voice kind of similar to audrey two from uh uh, Little Shop of Horrors. He's like the same exact voice. No, no, that's Ellen Green. It's oh. like the deep, dark, deep oh, okay. black guy's voice is the voice of the imp and uh, grants them each a wish. So it's kind of like Wishmaster in the way that whatever they wish for, it turns out to be shit and like a bad wish and everything. And they have to somehow get the imp back into the trophy case. So yeah, it was highbrow. It was very highbrow stuff. It's a good script. <laughs> uh, it's got Roger Corman written all over it. I don't think it was Roger Corman though, but uh, I saw that. I saw clips from it on In Search of Darkness, and I end, actually ended up buying it because it was only like five bucks. So I was like, I'm in. I think you spent four dollars too much. I might have, but it is. I I have a uh, taste for those kind of uh, small little indie flicks like that, especially ones from the D 80s. movies. Yeah, ba- majorly D movies that are just on there to watch not only horrific death scenes or nudity or just can't there's a fun. group of people that eat that stuff oh. yeah mo- and this one is leans more into the comedy part of it too i mean it was goofy as shit these Leanna, linnea quigley i love her but she can't act to act her way out of a paper bag i mean she's horrible if you're listening all right well some of the movies we're going to talk about today has those qualities in it some of them don't we're we're i think we're both going to stick with a more of a horror theme pod since we're still ripe with the halloween me and Justin did uh, some really good ones last week, and uh, me and Dave both have some horror stuff. And he doesn't know what I'm doing, and I have, know a bit about what he's doing, but uh, we'll see what we got here. So, why don't you give us your first of your three wild cards? You have a theme going. Other I have a than theme horror? going. Okay, it's it's the big franchises, the first 
Okay. Episode. Okay. So now the, the question is, which franchise are you going to pick? Franchises. Okay. Like big franchises. Let's do it. Let's a uh, horror franchise. Horror franchise. So the first one is Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. I I love Friday the Thirteenth, but the more and more I watch it, it's my least favorite. I'm of sure the, it is of the first eight for obvious it, reasons. If you're a huge Jason fan, that's why you you're going to be very disappointed. It's still got in, everything else. It's a Unbelievably good horror movie by people that loved horror. I, I have an argument with people that I think five is more of a Friday the 13th movie than uh, than part one. Oh, sure. And because it has somebody has the, at least that was imitating Jason. Yeah, that had the imitation guy in it. But that being said, I still love number one. I love Tom Savini's effects in it. I love the uh, some of the better actors were actually in number one and obviously kicked it off. Yeah. Uh, has it been a while since you've seen this? It had been a while since I. Oh, I'd you seen rewatched it. it. I rewatched oh, nice. a bunch of it. Okay, cool. But not everything. So I can pull. It. Oh yeah, well, well I, I can help you with Friday the Thirteenth. No, I got sure. This. I got this. Friday the Thirteenth is one of my favorite series. The, in fact, Five is one of my favorites, and it's the only one I don't have a VHS of. I've been recently was Seven, the one VHS. with Dudley. No, Five is with Dudley. Five is with yeah, Dudley. Seven's the first Kane Hodder. That's the one with the telekinesis girl. Okay. Four, five, and six are my favorites because okay. it's the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. Number four is where Corey Feldman plays Tommy Jarvis. Uh, remember, he's the one who makes all the masks and he kills Jason at the end. He shaves his own head and he kills Jason. Number five is when he's in the mental institute as like a 25-year-old. He barely speaks in the movie, but he's a badass and he takes on Jason. That, and then number six. The one in the m- mental hospital was what? Five. That's, yeah. that's like the that imitation. One. That was one of my favorites. Some of the best deaths, some of the best nude scenes. Five is incredible. It just gets off people's crows that it wasn't actually Jason. It was a Jason imitator. It didn't matter to me. That's one line of dialogue they told you at the end. If they had told you that it was Jason, it still would have been a, uh, a Jason movie. Yeah. He just had a different color mask, and uh, they told you it was somebody else. The mistake for me is that they didn't make Tommy the killer at the end of number five, because they actually ended it. The tagline at the end was him with the, he puts the mask on, he yeah. has the knife up. But then they jump forward, and number six is the one where uh, where Tommy Jarvis at the very beginning goes to burn Jason's grave with, uh, with, with the Hors- lightning rod. With and they throw the uh, they put the lightning rod in him, and he stands up and it does that J- uh, that James Bond opening where yeah. it turns the screen and slashes instead of shoots. And six was great. The only problem with six is it had uh, no nudity and it had kids in it. What still rated R? But it, it was the only Friday Thirteenth movie you ever saw kids in. Did kids get killed in it? No, but they did See, have them being getting scared and everything. But almost all the other ones were just counselors. Like they were building it, they were getting it ready for. And mm-hmm. that was the case in number one, right? Yeah, number one was it was just a group of counselors that showed up like the week before camp was supposed to mm-hmm. open, and they were in charge of getting it ready. Did number one and is number one and two? I mix up some of the death sequences in because they're so close to the same I don't know time. the death sequences in two, but I know all the ones in one. I, I just, when this, we just hit a Friday 13th, like what, two weeks ago or mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, I went through all of them. I went through two through seven. I, I didn't make it through eight. Eight's my least favorite. And I've seen one so many times and I was kind of sticking to Jason. I love Jason in the, uh, in the like pillowcase, uh, Thing. Even be, I, I wish they had kept the pillowcase in one more movie. I thought it would have been great. But uh, we technically, we do get to see Jason in this movie, too. But yeah. uh, was one, the one with the hitchhiker, where she got on the side of the road when she yeah. was eating the mm-hmm. banana? Yeah. <laughs> and it had the crazy guy. Crazy uh, guy at the he beginning. He was in that, one and two, actually. He warned them at the, at the beginning, and then he rode his bike out there. Yeah. Um, what I liked about this one was just the setting that it was in. That was New mm-hmm. Jersey. A lot of people don't understand oh, yeah. New Jersey is... Tom's River area, all yep. that trees. Everybody thinks New Jersey is the who are those 
assholes. That, oh yeah, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore dudes. People confuse that with different parts of different states too, for yeah. sure. Like even Florida, like we where we live, it is very up north kind of. It was. It's mainly like if you think, almost assume Georgia more than Florida. I, some people think Florida's like the Seinfeld book of. Boca there Fiesta. is that, but that's there South is that, Florida. but it's a very small part of Florida. Yeah, South Florida is completely different than North Florida. Yeah, completely different. North we're, Florida we're is closer very to Georgia. North. We're closer to Georgia. Yeah, we're almost got Georgia environment. Other than they get trees little, everywhere, get snow, like but, down where our mother lives. Yeah, either the trees fell down or they're palm trees. Oh yeah, when you when you drive I seventy five south, right when you get to about Bradenton, the the scenery changes like Quickly. drastically, yeah. and you're like, "Holy shit!" Everything just got flat. Everything got dry. It looks like grass. You don't want to step on. It, it's it's got all that. Uh, but same with Jersey. You know, and Jersey's always been the location for the Friday Thirteenth uh, franchise until they went to obviously New York. Until they went uh, to New York, and then and ultimately to space. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that was expensive. <laughs> Getting that location, shit, man. <laughs> some of the great death scenes. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about Kevin Bacon, man, because Kevin Bacon. Uh, I mean, he was just cutting his chops back then. He didn't. Yeah. He, no one knew who the fuck Kevin Bacon was, and he has one of the more memorable uh, death sequences. Yeah. Before we get there, the 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 way they, the way that they, set it up is they killed that hitchhiker early. Yeah. And then nobody didn't. Nobody died for like almost. 40 we did see some, a prelude before. We saw movie, a little bit of a prelude where, where somebody was killing a counselor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, at the camp. Yeah. And yeah, then it they just were making over. out. Yeah, and they, someone killed the counselor. Then the so you get two deaths, and then almost forty minutes with nothing. Just yep. the counselors uh, getting to know each other. They set other up and... a few times though, where they were like someone's look, look, looking at him in the woods, and then yeah. it turns out it's somebody else. Yeah, like so they did a they did a jump thing with a cat, like they do that. Oh, yeah. But the death scenes were great, and they were all like sort of around. It was all just convenient deaths yep. of what was. It wasn't like five where he was using party horns, and it's like where did he? Go oh yeah, 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 it's like seven. You confuse seven and five, but that's a good one. But it was like <laughs> things like archery range death. The archery range death was great. I love Kevin Bacon's death. Oh. You didn't see coming, and they did such a great job with it. Yeah, now you can really. That's one of the movies that uh, all those Friday Thirteenth movies are great on Blu-ray. I'm not sure I would update them to 4K because you can really see the effects when they start really trimming down the darkness and shit yeah. like that. And if you look at that Kevin Bacon scene, you can see that uh, effect under that prosthetic under his neck really well. Yeah, that it's not as chest but it's still really really good those old movies are sometimes even the dvd is the best for him you want him sex dark. before he died though yeah i mean he he definitely had was it one of the first sex sequences it was in, probably one of the first in the friday sequences. 13 movies yeah yeah because that's always been kind of a thing i always love the effect of the girl getting hit in the head with the axe in the center of her head and yeah. tom savini talked about it how, yeah, yeah. how he hit that the, was kevin he, bacon's girl that was close to that death she had went into the that's shower right. she was in the, the bathroom yep and uh she had a raincoat remember it was pouring rain? oh yeah that was really cool a lot of the rain sequences were really great that's such it a pain it, in the ass to shoot in totally that works so well that you're like we have to do it in the rain but i, I hate lo- that we have to do it in the i rain. love the effect that when a couple of the people especially the uh the main guy that had the beard came in contact with the killer and recognized her but we didn't as a viewer we were like oh shit it's somebody some of these people know who's doing the killing because they have they were like oh where'd you come from and then obviously they get killed you don't realize it until yeah. the end you, it's one of the movies you can't see coming because you don't expect it to be it was definitely, who it was yeah I she mean, she threw the floodlight oh i already gave it away sort of oh shit no, we could give those through the floodlights away. on, and the guy at the archery range he yeah. recognized he recognized her. her too. Yeah, interesting. 
I, I totally forgot about that. But that whole end sequence was great. Obviously, it's it's revealed that it's Jason's mother and she's killing they people. Were counselors were having sex in yep. that opening scene. Just like that opening scene. They were having yeah. sex and he drowned. He drowned. So well, but, well, nobody was watching So him. she was just going to take it out so on all the counselors, she, which was brilliant. It was a brilliant she, premise. And so she killed the counselors early on and they must have shut it down for a while yeah. because they were bringing it back up. Yeah. Someone new had bought it. And here's an interesting fact. It's called Camp Crystal Lake. The Christies owned it too. Camp Crystal Lake is the name of the, oh, yeah, we have the a, camp we have across a, from Lake Alice. Yep. We definitely have one. Like, wouldn't you research that and say, (laughs) if we're going to have a sleepaway camp, let's let's, let's round table this. (laughs) What do you think? How about Camp Chris Lake? Isn't that the place where all those, in that horror movie? Yeah. Oh, kids will love it. Well, it was interesting that back then they named it after because it's one of the only times that the the mom, when she first sees him, said, oh, I'm a friend of the Christie's. And you realize, oh, Camp Crystal Lake was probably named after the Christies that owned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, once the mom gets the reveal, and obviously she has that big scene where she gets her head taken off, it has one of the best tags to the end of a movie that that today they would see coming a million years. But back then, none of us saw those final jump scenes those coming. Dream like sequence, the, jump like scene? the one in Carrie coming, the hand coming out of the mm-hmm. grave. No one saw that coming back in the in 1978. Yeah, but in 1980, when and we definitely didn't see this one. Right? This, this one was, one was 80. Yeah, 1980. Okay, uh, it was the first Friday the 13th. And uh, what was great about it is none of us saw him coming out of the lake. And then when you saw what he looked like, it terrified me. When I was young, I saw that image and I yeah. didn't... Even when you pause it, it looked good. Back in the day, I think I saw the image before I saw the movie and I and I, I think several of the Jason movies had already come out when we were aware of them uh, by then. And I always knew him as the hockey mask killer. And I remember seeing that scene and I was like, who the fuck is that? That's from one of the Jason movies? And yeah. he says, oh yeah, that's a little kid at the end. Uh, that's Jason, but it's a him at the end. Uh, very effective, man. Yeah, that's a good one. You really can't go wrong with any of the Friday the 13th, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, they have their levels of cheese, and I'm not sure they they hold up as much. But all the way through 7, I think they hold up pretty strong. It starts getting a little goofy around 8, for sure. They the Manhattan money, one. I bet, and I still watched them. The remake was quite good. I really enjoyed the remake. Uh, was it remake of which one? Uh, the first one. Who did it? No, it must have been more of a remake of the second one, because Jason's the killer. Uh, I'm not sure who made it, but it had like Jerry. Corey Feldman uh, was in the second one? He was in the fourth one. Okay. Yep, he was in the fourth he, one. Wasn't he in two? Uh, no. Well, he was at the very beginning. He did like a, uh, an opening kind of sequence uh, for number five just to kind of uh, set, the scene. Yeah, set the tone where he's he's in like a raincoat and he sees Jason uh, uh, sees his grave or something like that. But yeah, he was definitely only in four. Should have been another one. It would be great. They had just cast him, but I think he had become a big enough star by the time uh, five rolled He's going around. to listen to drive. They always want to do time jumps with those things, too. So, All right, mine, and this was this is a good movie to uh, to pick for me because you can find it in several different locations streaming. I'm pretty sure you can find it on Tubi. You can definitely find it on Amazon Prime. And I might have, I mentioned it in the passing, I think, when I initially watched it like three or four years ago on the pod. And this is 2016's Hell House LLC. Now, this is a movie we should have made. And it's a phenomenal movie. And they've made 
four of them, I think, and they just had a new one come out that drops like tomorrow night on uh, Halloween. We're filming this like two days before Halloween, so you've it's already dropped if you're listening to this. And they it's Hell House Origins LLC, and they're going to take you back to it. So what the movie is, it's basically kind of Blair Witch style found footage movie, but it's of a uh, small film crew like what we were when we were doing it, and they're. Uh, documenting a haunted house that they're building to launch 30 days from them. And they're doing it at a hotel that was mysteriously haunted. That's where they want to hold their... Uh, Anybody knows you don't do the real haunted house. So haunted the, house. the movie is about what the film crew is encountering while they're setting up the uh, the uh, haunted house that's going to play. Now, are they filming it or we're just seeing No, they, they're filming it. Okay. It's like very found footage. They've got the film and everything, and uh, they were just documenting. They the were just documenting of it. The, the filming of it and everything, and then weird stuff starts happening, and they're they're documenting that. And what's interesting is the movie starts with a major incident happens on opening night. It, it and we're gonna we they take us back to show how we got there, but the very beginning of it, they're interviewing like people in town and everything. Oh, you didn't hear about what happened at hell. At, but what's great about this movie more than anything else is the actors they got. They are all so goddamn genuine, and they seem like they are real fucking people. They do the same thing with Blair Witch Project, that you have to doubt yourself. Should I be Googling if this is actually real, if this this is a real actor or something? And they're all real actors, but they are doing such a the, good the job. Zach Givens of... Uh, it's just some of the actors they got, and they're talking about it, and they were like, oh, there's much to talk about with Hell House LLC. Since the, it, the film crew was going to do this, and then they did this, and then something happened, and he says, the only video we have of what happened on the actual night were like customer uh, customers that paid entrance, and they uploaded it to YouTube. So they're playing the YouTube videos that these guys had uh, played, and they're seeing things go wrong, and people are running out, and then the, uh, uh, obviously something happened that they're not revealing what happened, but ambulances showed up, and several people died, and several others were injured through trampling. So uh, another film crew is basically interviewing a couple people from this film crew. They're doing an updated uh, documentary about what happened while they were filming. So a lot of it is them just showing them their footage. And at some point, that just takes over the movie. They were like, well, we filmed everything, and that's how you're going to learn how all this happens. Every once in a while, they'll cut back and they'll be like, do you need a break or something like that while they're being interviewed? But basically, we're watching that original film crew's footage and everything. And it, it's fun. It's them all getting there. And it's it, it very reminiscent to what we used to do when we made films because there's only like an eight-person crew and they're talking to the actors. They hired like four actors that are going to be at the haunted house and they, they have them showing up on the first day. And they're like, hey, how you doing? I'm the producer and everything. Yeah, what we're going to have you do is we're going to have you uh we're gonna have you in the basement we're gonna have you tied up and when customers come uh past you you're gonna be scantily clad and you're gonna be screaming and everything and the other uh director is like oh i thought we were gonna get her naked and the uh, actor's like hey i didn't agree to be any naked and anything it's very like casual conversations <laughs> that they're having it seems real for sure and stuff starts happening and you realize they're going through the tour and they were like uh do you guys know anything about this? Because some of the actors were townies and they were like, you don't know about what happened here and everything. And they were like, several people were killed in the basement and everything. And they have, they made these like, uh, uh, spooky as shit clown mannequins. And they have them at the very bottom of the basement. 
You know what else is and, spooky? What regular regular clown clowns? Mannequins. Yeah, it, it's 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 creepy. They did a great job with these clown mannequins because a lot of the scares are involving them and involving the basement, where one of the crew members is just going through the whole set, and we see him getting coffee, and we see him in the morning, uh, doing whatever and talking to the producers, and uh, they go to the some guy who's who's building the sign and everything that they're going to put out front, but then he ends up going down to the basement and he turns a corner and he he sees the clown standing. Standing up, and, and they're all normally just sitting. And he whips the camera back, and it's not there anymore. So it, a lot of that's like, and he goes in there, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And he's showing the footage to the other guys, and it's like, "Who's fucking with me here?" I said, "I know some one of you put up there, and none of them are owning up to it and everything." And he's got footage. It's not like it's a word of mouth. I saw something. He says, "No, you definitely saw something because he was recording the footage of it, and he's showing his other people." But they're all chalking it up to one of them fucking with him. At one point, they were like pissed because the clowns' heads wouldn't move. They had to be stay forward and some of them heard something down there and they're all going at because they're also sleeping there at night that's this other thing you don't do that and so basically we're seeing the crew getting haunted and everything and there's a great scene where they're going in the basement and there's a crawl space and they were like i i I hear a noise this voice is coming from that crawl space and at one point he turns the camera back and all the clowns heads are turned towards them looking at him and he freaks out and then when he looks back they're all straight ahead and when they're trying to uh the guy, he's ready to quit. He's, I'm quitting. I'm not coming back. I'm not going to that basement. He's like, look, these clowns' heads cannot move. He says, it could not have happened. And he was like, it's on the fucking camera. And everyone's flipping out. And it, it goes down to this really great like when end sequence. When did these start? It started in 2016. Okay. And the second one was good, and the third one was good. I watched. I I know I liked the first one the best, but the second, and the third one were quite good too. We were a decade too late. Yeah. If we had had yeah. today's equipment and today's editing yeah. things with the storage size the way it is today, oh yeah, we'd have killed it. And like it, these were very similar to the paranormal activities ones, but this guy is like very indie. I follow him on Twitter, and he he doesn't tweet. And anyone that mentions. Hell House LLC. He'll he'll give a retweet too. It's one of those things that every once in a while it comes up and everything. But it's still available everywhere, and I see it all over Tubi and everything. And now that the new ones they coming made out, how many? I think four or five. That's crazy. Uh, but that first one was great, man. Yeah, it it definitely and a lot of it is because of the cast. It's super well done. All right, what's your number two? All right, big franchise. Big franchise number one. <sighs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, man, this one is of the a, first legitimate movies that scared the shit out of me. Yep. Scared the shit out of me before, and I've mentioned it before in the pod. Scared the shit out of me before I had ever seen the movie because you told me about it. I had seen enough I images. I had a pretty good memory. Oh, man. You remembered every detail of it because you went through the almost the whole fucking movie to me. I remember sitting there and listening to you talk. Uh, you were shaving at the uh, at the sink, and I'm just sitting there uh, listening to you tell me about horrific things. And then for, for the week. I got a story about the sink. And shaving. Oh, yeah. And horrific things. Oh, shit. Oh, we're going to talk hamsters now? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, go ahead. I was telling the story to Maria (laughs) that I wanted to freak my mom out. Yeah. I had gotten bitten by our hamster. Yeah. Julianne or Sadie Ann, one of the two names. I think it was Julianne. And it was deep. And what I realized is if I squeezed it, (laughs) my finger... It just kept bleeding. It just spewing everywhere. It would just spew everywhere. So I spent 10 minutes squeezing probably half a pint of blood (laughs) out of my hand yeah. and then all over my face. Yeah. And then I got mom and told her I cut myself shaving. <laughs> and she's like, who cares? I said, come into the bathroom. And she came in and she freaked the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole sink was covered I remember it. I remember going in there and seeing it. But then you, you revealed so, yeah, you revealed pretty, pretty quickly. quickly it was yeah. the hamster. But even then I was like, I can't it was my the hamster blood. did this? It wasn't the hamster <laughs> blood. <laughs> oh, Anyways, it was crazy. That's my horrific uh, scene in the bathroom shaving. Yeah. So I... Uh, 
I had nightmares of this like probably for three weeks before I saw it, and uh, it it scared me even when I saw it. I was like, "Yep, this held up." Yeah, <laughs> it was a scary ass movie. Scary ass movie, man. And it was done perfectly. The and t- the tone was dark, man. Here's the beauty of this entire franchise: all of these murders take place in your dreams. Yeah, which means. Anything goes. Yeah. Anything you want to do, you could put Freddy with helicopter wings yeah. and have him fly over. And you're not safe. Let's, let's mention yeah. that. You're not safe. You die. And, Usually. and so at the time we watched this, there was a folklore yeah. that if you died in your dreams, you died in real life. Yeah. And it was a very silly one. I don't think anybody ever believed it. No. But they played heavily on that into this movie. And not only to that, the, they not only did made the most horrific, and people forget, Freddy didn't get funny until three. Three is when he got funny. Two is arguably even darker than one. Yeah. D- d- two is dark as fuck. Yeah. And I don't think we appreciated, two, two is one of those most under, like Friday 13th 5, the most was underappreciated two the one. one they they, they pool did the backstory the where they chased him into the furnace room. and No, they did that a lot with, uh, okay. I mean, they talked about that in one, and they dealt with a more of the backstory was done in three when they talk about uh, how mother was the mother was the, raped in, by a hundred maniacs yeah. and, uh, and John Saxton came back, who was the dad from number one. Yeah, yeah. Number two was a weird one. It almost felt like the Freddy's Nightmare series. It was really dark. That, that was the one where he came out of the dream at the end, and he was in the pool mm-hmm. area at the house, and he was killing all the people around the pool. But he also ripped his head off at one back of his head. Remember, he said, "You're the brain." Uh, you're, you got the body, I got the brains, and he pulled his head off and everything. He actually came out of the, the main kid's body at one point, like, and the other kid's screaming for his dad. It was dark and creepy, man. A lot of people, you've probably only seen it two or three probably times. Probably two or three times, maybe. Uh, and it, it's, the, probably seen more, it's the number five one, of anything. Nightmare on Elm Street series because it's the most underappreciated one, I think, that people should go back and watch. But one, man, one had it all, and one was still dark, too. He had his quips in it, but they weren't like as... Like, number... Four, he was in a tuxedo saying, "Where's yeah. the fucking bourbon at?" And yeah. it, he was funny as shit. He, he remember he I became mean, the TV and he horror started taking not a turn, but horror always had ones that were funny. Yeah, and they just capitalized. Friday Thirteenth never got funny until Jason goes to hell, and they should never have done it in the first place. But Freddie was always known as the funny guy because of mainly three, four, five, and six. Those were all comedic as shit. But yeah, two was dark. Number one set the standard and it had a few quips, but it wasn't that. I remember Jason Tyler, probably in 86 or 87, probably 87 for Halloween. He dressed up as Freddie and he made the glove. Yeah. You could buy those now, but no, but I mean, back then filed knives down and then soldered them to the joints. Yep. And it was perfect. Yeah, it looked good. They did the face and everything too. He did the face and everything. Yeah. Yeah, his dad was rich, so he could afford some of that. Uh, yeah. that aftermarket yeah, yeah, effects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we knew a lot of people that did that. Uh, I mean, it was huge. Nini, huge. Nineteen eighty four is when this came out. People. Oh yeah, yeah. They always she that was a great. big one. Uh, That's a big effect if you really want to go that far into it. Uh, it was so great cast and the movie. When you rewatch it, one of Johnny you, Depp's first. You movies. forget how vicious and dark. Tina's desk 
uh, death is. Oh, yeah. In the room with her boyfriend who can't get out and they can't get in and yeah. he's screaming and he thinks she's sleeping and she's crawling. They they did a reversible that set moved. I they mean this dragged was some, her across the ceiling. This was some singing in the rain shit. And singing yeah. in the rain they had that moving room where Fred Astaire would dance on and they would flip it and it looked like he was dancing upside down. Mm-hmm. That that's they did the same exact thing for this Friday thirteenth movie and it's it's so crazy that they even tried it for this scene. And it looked real. I mean, she was on that fucking thing and when she fell from the ceiling onto the ground and the blood just spewed all over that kid that kid knew he was fucked that's what was great about that movie he was like on the run after that well here's how i know how creepy that movie was and how scary it was it wasn't even just the death scenes that were scary yeah like when they showed her in the body bag yep yep at school and then dragged herself oh, yeah down the corridor leaving a trail of blood yeah you didn't even have when to see. freddie was walking down the when, Alley when with Freddy his was arms were really big. Remember, yeah, and he that's was a great scraping effect. on the side of the. It's a great figure that's very expensive. It's like a two hundred dollars figure we can buy with his with his long ass arms. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Wonder if Eric has that up there. I'm going up there soon. I'll have to look for it. They also have one of him as the worm or the the big worm from okay. uh, from number three. That the tequila worm. That, no, it uh, that's from Poltergeist too. But okay. no, it's the big. Uh, it's like this worm snake creature that latches onto uh, uh, Roseanne. Uh, is it Roseanne Arquette? Yeah, Roseanne Arquette number three and starts eating her. The girl oh, it's nasty. Her face. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's my wife. <laughs> that's Roseanne Arquette. I met Patricia. <laughs> uh, no, uh, what I loved about Nightmare on Elm Street is when he possessed other people, like the girl with the oh, hall yeah. pass. When it all you needed was Freddie's sweater on him yeah. and everything, and you were like, "Holy shit!" You knew Freddie was possessing that yeah. person because he had the red and orange kind of stripes going, or the red and uh, green stripes going on, like a Christmas sweater. It was weird that that's what they chose, but that was kind of the big thing. The cover with the bathtub. Uh, the that co- scene was great. They shot it from below the, in a lake or something. Oh, which one are you talking about? When Nancy was in the bathtub oh she was in the bathtub yeah she talks about that on that in search of darkness and that the camera guy had to like literally get right between her legs and it was such an ambitious ambitious shot to uh to do and they kind of made fun of it in saturday the 14th which i thought was funny uh but i i love that scene the the johnny depp scene where he gets pulled into the bed even as like tv gets pulled in with him and And everything blood just comes just spurts i love john saxton he's one of my favorite he's he's he was already one of my favorite character actors but i think he might be on my top five favorite character actor he's the one who plays her dad Mm -hmm. and it the cop he's also the intense guy he's also the cop from uh uh black christmas he's so good in that and i just recently saw him in argento movie he was great in uh uh tenebrae he was one of the main dudes in it he was so good in that but people forget he was in enter the dragon he fought bruce lee and enter the dragon he was in that yellow gi okay. and he was one of the guys that was sent to the island so he yeah. was like a badass karate expert too back in the day when he was doing young movies so it was it was crazy and i loved when they brought him back for number 3 as the dad and he had that great fight scene in like the junkyard with like was dream Freddy's. warriors number 3 yep dream warriors that always that's most people's favorite it's my favorite because it's it's just the most fun best kills has that nurse scene that uh, probably one of the and to have of, it like switching back fourth wall breaking the fourth. Oh like, man, he did so much fun stuff in number three, but yeah, number one set the stage, and you knew it was wasn't over too. It had that great tag at the end, yeah, where the mom got sucked like, through the sucked through the front through the door front door window, and then the mm. kids in the car were looking back, and the uh, like the convertible top came up, and it's Freddie's sweater yeah. and everything, and they can't get the windows to go down, and it just fogs up and drives away, and that's how the movie ends. You're like, oh shit there's gonna be more of these they really dropped the ball with that Freddy Nightmare Chris show. Johnson's house oh is that where you first saw it yeah wow his that mom let him watch everything 
Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had one of those like, friends. Yeah. We were those friends to a lot of other people. Later on. In the Christian school. Yeah, later on, we, we eventually but, became um, those types of people. But early on, we had to find it other David, places, too. Oh, Cowan? No. Uh, Carton? Who? No, David Carton. Him and his brother and his mom, they were all really gigantic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know people. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they lived right on Court Street, yeah, right around that he, uh, corner. I stole so many Legos from that kid. He if you're had, listening, they I had so many. They had so many goddamn toys and so many movies over there. Yeah, uh, I Eric, saw Fo- Firefox at their house. Uh, the first loved time. it. Me and Eric watched a lot of the movies we weren't supposed to because Eric's Eric had his own room and we would sneak out and everything. So a lot of those we watched with Eric. A lot of times it came down to would the would the rental store rent it to us? Yeah. But once we got well, HBO once we got, and it was no hold. They would barn. give us and what they didn't realize sometimes is every once in a while they'd just give you Cinemax for free. Oh yeah. And they wouldn't even know. The movie channel, that's where I got my sex oh, not, for sure, man. I meant the movie channel. The uh, movie channel. Even, even Cinemax at night, some of the, I think the first nude scene I ever saw was one of those. Uh, Skinemax. Uh, yeah, on Skinemax, uh, those Emmanuel movies. Oh, okay. Where it was just, it was Red nothing. Shoe but, Diaries or something? Yeah, it was like that. It was softcore porn. It was yeah. like, we can't show porn on uh, TV, but we can show full frontal everything. Uh, and those movies were bad, bad movies, but you could see nudity on them, so. Thank and you. As, as a twelve-year-old boy, that was uh, it was it was a lot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, awesome one. All right, my next one here, man, and this was another one that I absolutely loved uh, early on. I probably I didn't watch it in '86 when it came out. I probably watched it in '88, '89, but I always loved it, and uh, it's mainly focused uh, in a couple different sequences in that In Search of Darkness doc- documentary. So I just recently went back and rewatched it. Is nineteen? I say '88. No, I said 86. 86, 1986, Vamp. Okay. Now, I might have mentioned this one other time on the pod, but I don't think I ever went fully deep into it. I love Vamp. Vamp was a perfect blend of horror comedies and in the 80s and some of the stars of it. So it's got the main kid from My Bodyguard who was also in Meatballs, the kind of weird, awkward, lanky kid. Lanky kid, the, uh, the rich one. Yeah, I guess he was. Yeah, he was he rich. Lived yeah, in, Ruth Gordon was. He his, lived with his, his grandmother uh, in his the grandmother penthouse was Ruth suite. Gordon. I love my bodyguard. Uh, yeah, he was rich in that, but he was kind of the poor kid in uh, Meatballs. He was we the never one that, did find though. He was the that, one that used to jog with uh, Bill Murray. Remember, I had brought it up to you before about my bodyguard. We yeah. saw it at the drive-in. Yeah, and there was a horror movie I, where I, these I, dogs would show up, demon possession, and then you would commit suicide. I remember the I'm executive sure. tied a string to the door with a shotgun. And then called the secretary. I'll do some uh, research on it because I'm pretty sure... That's the only scene I remember and it haunted me forever. I think it's in the 80s documentary I have because there's a couple different dog movies that are on there. Like Dobermans. And then they showed up. They were like the Hounds of Hell and then... The, the executive, yeah, tied a shotgun. And then the secretary opened the door. And all you saw was the brains go all over the wall. But Crazy. It was... <laughs> it affected me. <laughs> we, I mean, I was probably... What year did my body card come out? Uh, probably 83. So, yeah. It so, was, I was we saw 10, it in the movie theater. You were... Eight? I was, no, yeah, I was eight, probably seven going on eight. So yeah, it was pretty, I remember my body got seen in the theater I, or in the movie, in the drive-in. Uh, also the, um, what was the other one that we saw? It was Black Hole. Black Hole, I think it was a triple feature. I don't know why they It was said. a triple feature, but I can't imagine they made it. Yeah, it's weird. Six hours. No, I, 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 I Mom was probably climbing the walls. Yeah. With three boys in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, they I put remember, us to sleep. I think we slept. I think they we put slept us to sleep after... My bodyguard, yeah. but I would peek up over the chair. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Vamp starred the kid from My Bodyguard. He also starred the kid from, uh, you know, the kid, uh, the bully from Weird Science that was with uh, Robert Downey Jr. 
Yes. He's the other main kid in the movie. And Getty Watanabe, who is Long Duck Dong. Uh, Automobile. Uh, yep, before, uh, <laughs> after 16 Candles, but before Gung Ho, he did Vamp. And so it was a great story. Now, the it's all about vampires, obviously. The head vampire is Grace Jones in this movie, just being her and all her weirdness. She is just, she's yeah, always weird. She, even in real life, I think she's weird. She just brings it to every role. It's kind of like Crispin Glover does where you yeah. think Crispin Glover doesn't, isn't really all there all the times. And I think Grace Jones is kind of similar in that way. She's on her own. Like, uh, uh, she's similar like David Bowie, how you think David Bowie is just kind of weird in real life, but maybe he's not, I'm not sure. Uh, or wasn't, he's dead. uh, so what happens in Vamp is you have these two uh, guys that are trying to pledge into a fraternity, and uh, it's not working. And the guy from Weird Science is kind of a kind of a salesman himself. So he's he's telling these guys, "Hey, stop putting us through these weird little tests and everything. I know you guys are all about parties. How I'm the guy who can get you things. You tell me what you need, and you'll just set us th- through, and we'll be new recruits and everything." And uh, Apparently, what they need is a stripper for the party that they're going to have that night. Oh, they, they're like, no problem. But they don't have a car. They got to go in the city. Their buddy, Ked, uh, uh, Getty Wananabe, uh, Long Duck Dong, has his, his dad's Cadillac. And he's like, I'll go with you. I just want to be part of this. I want to like go to the drive. strip club. Yeah, I want to go to the strip club. I want to hang out. Let's go do this. So they drive into the city. And a lot of it is kind of like after hours where they're just encountering horrible shit after a horrible shit until they find like until they go to the strip club and it just even gets worse. Like even before they get to the strip club, they end up uh, pissing off this gang of roving weirdos and the leader of to show you how much of it is. This movie is weird. They've cast so many weird people. Like the only other person that wouldn't fall into that Crispin Glover, Grace Jones guy is in this movie playing the main weirdo who Clint is, Howard? uh, no, it's uh, Billy <laughs> Drago. You know him as uh, nitty from untouchables uh he's a weird motherfucker man he was weird in that movie and that was probably the straightest he's ever been he's just he's so pale and he's angular almost an albino he's got angles to his face and they played up with it in this they gave him jet white uh, or uh just completely white hair he was a weird vampire in 30 days and nights also he just made a career playing a weird dude so he was the leader of this these roaming uh guys who turned out to be vampires in their whole uh in their own right and there's just vampires everywhere. So when he gets to the club, one of my favorite people in this whole movie is, uh, you you remember Seinfeld pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember the guy that lived in De Boca Vista with his dad that bought the pen from him? That, that wrote I upside down? I remember the episode about the pen. Wanted yeah, to get he, the pen back. He, and then he eventually sold that guy a Cadillac and they had another episode with him and everything. He's like, remember. take the pen, take the pen. It's your pen. Oh, uh, okay, I know. Yeah, the old guy. He yeah, was yeah. very uh, like a Jersey Italian yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. He's the runner of the strip club and it's, he has such a great scene. You don't realize it until later on that he is like a lackey for Grace Jones. Grace Jones is the head vampire. She's also the main act at the strip club. So these guys are having a blast. They get to the strip club. They're watching the girls strip. Uh, one of the waitresses actually went to school with the kid from My Bodyguard. So they reconnect and they're having like moments together and everything. But then the uh, the kid from Weird Science says they watch Grace George uh, Grace Jones perform and she's crazy, man. She's got like 
uh, Raggedy Ann, red hair on, and white paint all over. She's completely white-faced and white body. She's completely painted herself white with symbols all over it. And she has a robe on at one point, and she blends in with this chair, and she's doing this weird avant-garde kind of thing that I, I kind of think that Grace Jones she's kind of it. made up herself <laughs> because people are talking about stories on the set with her that she didn't speak. She didn't speak in the movie hardly at all. I think she had like three or four lines. But on the set, she didn't speak. Uh, except the guy from Weird Science does the interview on Surge of Darkness, and he's like... Uh, He's like, the only time I heard her speak is when she came on set one time. She came on set like 45 minutes late, and it was the scene where she was going to film my death scene. And he says, where is my man? Point me to my man. <laughs> and, and then apparently she got real violent with it and bit through the application on his neck and actually left a mark on his arm, on his neck. Because that was the scene that happened. He he separated from his friends while they're watching the strippers, and he's like, "I'm gonna go talk to her. I'll get her. We need her." She tried to bite Christopher Walken. Uh, yeah, that's true. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, Bond. Uh, View to a kill. So he's like, I'm going to go behind the curtain. I'm going to go get her and I'll make a deal for her to come to this party with us. And while he's back there, she seduces him, bites him in the neck and everything. And it basically fucks everybody up. The guy from Seinfeld comes back and like, what am I supposed to do with this? You can't be killing. He's got two friends back there. And it's like, well, we're going to have to kill him too. Dump this body and let's take care of the other kids. And so the rest of the movie is basically them trying to get away from the vampires and they go into the sewers, but in the sewers is where all the vampires kind of stay. There's a great scene where they reveal um the guy from seinfeld is like uh he's like i don't want to do this anymore you're making me do this i don't want to do it anymore and she takes a razor blade out and you at for a split second you think she's gonna kill him she's like threatening him but what she's doing is like if you continue doing this i will open one of my veins and let you suck my blood and you know how intoxicating it is and you know how it gives you like uh, virilness and whatever she doesn't say it but we kind of get that impression of it because he looks at her and he looks at the wrist after she cuts it and he shakes his head and he's like ah, such a nasty habit and he just goes down and starts sucking her arm and everything and you see him at the front eating like roaches out of like a candy dish and everything it's got so many great fun things you get to see Get Getty Watanabe turn into a vampire at the end and he talks about it on the documentary saying he's like I can't believe it they turned me into my I, I'm watching them turn me into my grandfather because it just kind of they wanted to make him old like an old vampire uh, and he's isn't like the, I, isn't the allure of vampire you stay young forever yeah I know it's weird <laughs> these guys it was he a little different these were some like crazy vampire effects, almost similar to like werewolf effects. They gave him some crazy fangs and everything like that. So check out Vamp. It's one of the ones I don't think a lot of people have seen. I'm pretty sure it's on Tubi. Uh, I, I definitely own it, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's one of the ones that's streaming. All right, your final one, dude. What's it going to be? Big franchise. Big horror franchise. Could be anyone. Halloween. Ooh. Oh, the first Halloween. Yeah. I love the first Halloween. I'm, I'm a fan of... Saw this again recently. And one thing that sticks with me always is how good the music is. Yeah. I never, I'm, I forget how good it is. And then when he sits up and, and the music cues in. I'm how like, cheaply done it was. Yeah, it's it's like, so God, effective, music man. music is so good. I love the first four and H2O a lot. Uh, one through four, great. And then H2O is the perfect ending for it. I don't know if you ever saw H2O. That's the one where Jamie Lee Curtis comes back playing Laurie Strode and has a great sequence. And Where's the one in the his, bunker? She built a bunker compound. Oh, that's the newer ones. That's the David Gordon Green one that uh, just came out. That one was out. good. That first one was yeah, good. The, the first one was the, good. The, I didn't see anything two and three, after that. Horrible. The, that kid that was in that movie, I remember him being really good. Uh, the one she's babysitting. 
uh, in the first one, in that that first David Gordon Green one. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the little the funny black kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was the other girl was babysitting like he, him. But she he, was he not was famous right now. I I don't know what happened. He, he, he was, was a highlight of that movie for sure. That first one was done really well. Two and three, two of the worst sequels ever made. Ever made. They're unwatchable. They're so bad. So how bad. could you screw it up? Oh, like, and then they went and then those guys went and uh, and are fucking around with the Exorcist now. Got Ellen Burson back up and they fucked that movie up. Did they make money? I don't think it made money, and I think it, uh, the word got uh, out that it's garbage. Them... Stop making remakes. Stop. Start making some fucking new stuff, man. It's so easy to do. Watch. If the guy from Hereditary can do it, you all can these do guys it. can do it. It's anyone can do it. They just feel like the the studio wants people. They want a formula that has a proven record. That's already. I'm going to give you twenty. They already million. own. They already own the rights to it, so they yeah. just have to pay yeah. out. So on they're kind of yet. obligated to do it. Uh, these. But why not do it well? Yeah. These movies aren't old enough that you need to remake them. It's not like we're remaking black and white films and everything, and that made sense why people were doing it in the eighties. Oh, I can understand why John Carpenter's making remaking the thing from another world because the thing from another world is in black and white and cheesy as fuck, and he he elevates it. None of these movies are elevating it; so they're not even as good as they were. Maybe that's the sentence. If you did a bad movie, you have to go back and make a better one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. The David Gordon Green ones that makes the Rob Zombie ones look good, and the Rob Zombie ones weren't that good. The first one was good. The first one was good. The second one was. Pfft. It was you had to be a really big, like major Rob Zombie fan, I think, to appreciate the second one. But the first one was decent. It was it was good. You got to see Malcolm McDowell play the Donald Pleasance role. It was good. But now, as far as those, like I said, the first uh, the first section of them, which included five, six, and seven, they they included some weird stuff. And like number six was most people's least favorite. It had uh, Paul Rudd in it and everything. But they went and it was like. they jumped the shark. It was like they were saying Michael was possessed, and they. It was always an off and on thing. Was Michael Myers actually the sister of uh, or the brother of Laurie Strode? They really didn't come into that until number two. They didn't mention that in number one yeah. at all. Mm-mm. That was a number two is my favorite personally of the bunch. But I number one and two can almost look, be looked at as the same film because they were so closely done together, and it was the same night. It I picked, mean, it's just it her at up. The, it's just her at, at the, the hospital. hospital, like and in number two, it, and it doesn't even end. I think it ends at dawn. So it only takes place the 10 hours after uh, after the original, the original one that happened. Mm-hmm. So they really kind of pair really well together. Back in the day when we watched them, we always kind of paired those two together. It's funny. They they broke the budget to get Pleasance. Yeah. He was a big part of that. Yeah, budget. it was like 15 grand for them. And these guys just got out of UCLA film school. So, so it was like a lot of money for them. But it paid I, off. I guarantee you they didn't have to work as hard to get him for the second one. No, but he's he's a get. I mean, he's a he's a, he's, he's a, a big get. I'm surprised I mean, he's they got a huge him. Actor. Yeah, he's a huge actor who didn't do hardly any horror at that time. I mean, he was in The Great Escape. He was in a lot of these old. So he was a Bond villain. He was Blofeld. I, wasn't I mean, he? yeah, Blofeld, and uh, you only live twice. And uh, like, if it was the British, the the Brits were lucky that they always had three older actors that they always used in their horror movies, and it was always Christopher Lee. Uh, Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Vincent Price might be American, but he was on a lot of the uh, the British ones too. Uh, so to bring out like an old school uh, actor to actually be in one of these, what essentially was a student film to him. I mean, yeah. he was getting paid fifteen thousand dollars, and I'm sure he got a hundred grand for his that work time, on uh, for his work on like uh, The Great Escape. He probably made some. He serious was in a money. bunch of scenes. 
Oh yeah, he was a major character. He's one of my favorite characters in The Great Escape. He lost no, his no. eyesight. I mean, he was in. Oh, in this movie. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. They used. They had him. They were like, we're using him as much as we can yeah, fucking get him. And he sold that shit, man. I mean, he really kind of took it to the next level. All the actors were great. I mean, all the kids were great. Even the the even dad the, who was the was sheriff. Was it the last starfighter? Was he one of the ambulance guys? That's two. Yeah, he. Uh, no, he was in the first one he, too. First one at yeah. the very end was he on? He didn't get killed, but he he was he showed up at. In the it must have been just at, at the very end with him and Leo Rossi. Did yeah. they both show mm-hmm. up? Yeah, because yeah. they must have uh, just hired them again for number two. Because I don't think two was completely planned. Uh, because Deborah Hill produced it, and I think Carpenter produced it and wrote it, but he didn't do anything beyond that. He, did he even had he did the music. He even did the music for number uh, three. So he had some connection with number three. Justin just tried to watch number three, couldn't do it. Uh, I love number three, but I completely understand how people don't. I went to a Halloween party. First time in a long time. To say these people, they had a place about the size of yours. To say they had Halloween decorations oh, wow. is an understatement. That's crazy. They had, on top of their fridge, they had all the Count Jocula, blueberries, yeah. but just the boxes they had saved oh, over yeah. the years. They set the whole Did house they have up. the Halloween three masks? Because those are the ones. They had that... a Halloween three pumpkin where you had to guess what it was. So it was basically a clover with the number three in it, and oh, then it nice, had a witch. Nice. It had a something else. The skull. The skull. The witch. The skull and the pumpkin. And the pumpkin the, were the above three. the clover. Oh and, yeah, and you had to guess what it was. I guessed it right away, but nobody else guessed it. Yeah. And the guy that carved, he's like, "That's my favorite horror movie." Ah, oh. it's a lot of people's favorite. It's weird. I'm telling you, it's like the red. There's always a redheaded stepchild of each one of these franchises. Mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Except Street. Except Jaws three. See, that's a, red, that's a redhead stepchildren of that series, though. You could name all these series, and there's one that almost everyone back in the day had a problem with, but has a huge cult following now. And, and for me, I love them. Like, like I said, Friday 13th 5, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Halloween 3, Jaws 3. There's uh, Prom Night. I love Prom Night 2 more than the, the original. Prom Night 2 is fucking awesome. Uh, same with the, the Omen movies. I love Omen 2 and 3 even more than the first one. Those are great movies to go back and check out. Uh, Poltergeist is number two. Poltergeist two is great. I I'm a big fan of sequels though, that uh, where you can jump into already established kind of uh, places and everything, and we were we were lucky with Halloween to get as much good kills in the opening kind of uh, because this was one of the original times that they had decided to use the camera as the killer. Yeah, and that was what was great about it. And they put the the clown mask, the clown mask the over the it, brilliant, was man. Great, really, really cool. They and you got to remember at this time period, this was like seventy eight, I think seventy six. Was it seventy six when this came out? Was I, well, I think I confused the date when I said it earlier. Okay, I think it was seven. This was seventy six. Uh, I think it was seventy eight. Let's look it up real quick. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm let's, right. Let's talk about how prevalent teenage girls. Uh, it had ba- one just of my babies, favorite just queens babysitting. of all time in this movie. What's that? One of my favorite scream queens of this. It is 78. So you must have been... Yeah, I knew it. I, I deal with that number a lot with uh, horror movies, so... But how, PJ, how prominent... PJ... Oh, PJ Souls. One of my favorites. PJ Souls, awesome, man. Super cute. Takes she, your clothes off. Yeah. And she, I know people are like... These guys talk a lot about nudity. No, it went that, hand in hand with horror movies oh, back then. Horror movies, it was a trope. It had like to be It had there, to man. be in there. That's like... She had it... Uh, and she was a scream queen herself because she had been in Carrie. Yeah. And she was just mm-hmm. as good in Carrie, man, as one of the kind of the... She wore that red cap and was just bullied. Then this movie, she got to say the word totally like 300 times and everything. I saw a documentary where her and her young daughters are touring the old uh, houses 
that they filmed the Halloween at. She's talking to him about filming it and everything. It's really fun. Uh, no, I was saying in like late 70s, teenage girls babysitting was such a common thing for like adults who were going out on the yeah. town I or mean, going Scream, to a club and everything. It, it and, that. Well, it's it almost stopped. I'm sure there's still babysitters out there and everything, but uh, it almost always was like a, a 15 or 16-year-old girl who is using the house for reasons she shouldn't be when the uh, parents either to drink or to have sex with her boyfriend that came over, and it started just like that. We had Sherry. Yeah, we had Sherry, which we tormented the hell out of her uh, at the house. I got the and police everything. called on me one night. Yep, yep, yeah. See, we tormented some of our babysitters just as much as scared ever, so as much. She else. called the cops. Yeah, yeah. You went a little too far. You went full. Uh... <laughs> I didn't even tell you until like a few years ago. Shit, yeah. It scared me up until I, I could have been told back in the day. You could yeah. have saved me some nightmares. <laughs> Real quick, I. She had watched a scary movie, so she was on edge already. Yeah, she's like, oh, Dave's like, oh, I'm taking and this opportunity. So, I went outside when she wasn't looking and I propped big extension ladder yep. up up to my window or up to the back of the house or yep. something. And uh, I told her I saw somebody on the ladder. Yeah. Somebody on a ladder in my room. <sighs> she should have called the cops. There. She did she did the absolute right thing too. <laughs> and I remember the cops showing up. And At I what point were you shitting your pants? I wasn't. Yeah. That's how much of a psychopath I was. <laughs> yeah. I said, listen, as long as I just stick to my story, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no way in hell. It's not untrue unless I they don't ca- believe well, it. Well, there's no way in hell that they, it was dark. Yeah. What did he look like? He had a mask on. Yeah. I didn't see. He was wearing dark clothing. You, you I didn't probably, see. they put more cops on duty that night because of you too. Probably. I know. <laughs> Overtime probably went through the roof. <laughs> And they probably let a bulletin like the next morning. Uh, they had a meeting. We had a, there's a guy that's peeping on the Her parents Park came over it. That, yeah. Her parents came over to sit with Here's us. Here's the thing about that type of lie. You got to stick with it. <laughs> if you make that mistake, and it was a mistake. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. condone it nowadays. I don't do it nowadays. Yeah. But it, when I did do it, yeah. you just got to stick with it. <laughs> got to ride that lie out till, you, <laughs> till the bitter end. And I tell you what, if you tell the story enough times to those cops, mm-hmm. like three different cops and then everybody She's else. She's still telling the stories about when no, she. No, but I mean, I had it down pat. So yeah. I was going to tell the same well, I'm story. I'm telling you, she time. probably, uh, she's like, I'm She not tells that story now to people. To her, to her kids. I almost was murdered almost as almost... a child babysitting for a neighbor. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not babysitting ever again. Nope. She still probably goes to therapy over it. Yeah, drinks too. Scumbag. Probably lost a child. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun at the time. It was fun at the time. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, this, that was a, like things got real moment. If you ever had one of those in your yeah. life, like things just got really real like, really <laughs> yeah. quickly. That was one, probably one of the first ones for me. Except, remember, I got locked in the in the hope chest. Yeah, yeah. And I was pounding for oh, minutes, yeah, yeah. and that was a tight fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got claustrophobic real quick because yeah. I realized as soon as I got in it, there's no way to get out. Yeah, yeah. no way to get out. But when you ever when you have that happen, you, to you, you, you didn't have the leverage to have kick, that, and I wasn't strong enough to push. Yeah, have that yeah. freak out moment. Huh. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, we used to back in the day. Me and Eric's favorite thing was to compare like Jason, Michael, and Freddie. You know, and there was they were completely different serial killers. Freddie was just he always ran. Michael always walked. You would have uh, Jason would always kind of jog after you and everything. Here's a question: and, Do you think John Carpenter was a huge fan of the movie Jaws? Because that music, if you think about it, every time the shark showed up. You'd get yeah. that pulse every I, time Jason showed up, but every once in a while they'd have that pulse, and yeah. Jason or Michael wouldn't be there. It's interesting. I'm wondering if that is the case. 
Uh, it was very simple music. Yeah, I mean, he he did what he he had capability of doing too, and all his themes like that are so good. Like you listen, you go back and listen to Escape from New York. You go back and listen to uh, Touch of specifically like uh, Big Trouble Little China was like that. The thing, the thing was uh, was different. It was that was actually you know Morricone who did the score for that, but it was like he was doing what John Carpenter. Well, John had, Carpenter had done. probably sat over his shoulder. Yeah, and, said, and he said, "This is the type yeah. of stuff I uh, want." And everything. Uh, an interesting thing that you learn from that documentary is uh, John Carpenter had done the thing, and the thing was a huge flop, huge flop really? at the movie theater. That they he was all slated and ready and cast and ready to go with Firestarter. He was cast to direct Firestarter, and because the thing tanked, they pulled him off the Firestarter altogether and gave it to another director. And, and then the thing became and the thing became one of the biggest cult. It's one of the top ten horror films of all time. At almost everyone's list that you it's probably will check made out. Money, it, it's some of the best effects. The physical effects and the thing hold up. How to did anything they show today? I don't no know. Women in it. I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering what it was. Sometimes it's, it's just time cast, periods, isolated in one location. It's weird. I'm wondering when it dropped. If it dropped around Halloween. If it was marketed well. If it wasn't marketed well. Because he wasn't the best at, or. It, it, would have been laid down on the company that did it anyways. It wouldn't be his fault. It was but, a great movie. Whoever was hired to... I remember to, with uh, Big Trouble in China flopped big time because they didn't market it at all. At all. And like even Kurt Russell's friends came up to him and, and said, we didn't even know you were in a movie until we went to the theater and saw the poster with you on it. And they were like, yeah, they're not knocking this fucking thing at all. And, and it, I'm wondering if it's one of those type situations where... Hey man, we're people not spending don't know any more it. penny on it because we've already spent too much. It's probably the yeah. studios. They're like, it'll make what it makes. That the love for that movie was completely built off VHS and cable. The, that's yeah. where people got the love for that movie. Which they got love for Did all. He eventually, these movies. get a pat on the back. Hopefully. Oh yeah, I mean, well, he gets to know that he's he's made one of the top ten horror movies of all time. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is. That holds up as one of the top sci-fi movies and the top horror movies, and one of the top remakes. I mean, it blows the original. Is this your away. last movie? Uh, no, <laughs> we're gonna go to my next movie though. I, I love Halloween. Halloween. I love Halloween, man. It was great. Uh, what's your favorite kill? Before we uh, go off that, we didn't really talk about the kills. My favorite kill, and it's such a silly one, is when he stabs the kid against the I guess Cheerio the cabinet yeah. and he sticks there with the knife he, he, he holds a 152 pound kid with one stab yeah. and he, he does that creepy look Yeah, he I, takes a step back and he cocks his head the that's what I him. liked about Michael Yeah, that was about as passionate as you were going to get from yeah, him yeah, yeah. was that head cock mm-hmm. other than that it was all like he was a robot trying to kill no yeah. passion he didn't even run yeah, for Christ's like sake he was a nihilist like a motherfucker even like as a kid when we see him kill his sister he's like it's just blank yeah. i love the pj souls one where he's he's dressed up as the clown with his boy her boyfriend's glasses and, yeah. and she oh, gets no, no uh the ghost yeah well the ghost but he kills pj souls when pj go- souls goes for the phone and he just wraps oh, yeah, the cord yeah, around yeah, her yeah. neck and chokes to death fucking love it you know what they have is a pin you know like a pin that you put on your shirt mm-hmm. you would love this thing it's i found it on facebook it's probably because i look at so many horror stuff that they're starting to throw horror memorabilia at me on on my feed in facebook well it's a it's a Surprise pin it took him that long it's a pin of michael myers stabbing the nurse from number two oh, and the pin the pin slides up when he lifts her in the air and it will slide down if you want it to be like right her right behind her. So it's a really... Remember how he used to laugh 
When the shoes hit the ground. When yeah. the shoes hit the ground. And I remember me, you, and it was either Steve or or John. We kept pausing the scene where the last Starfighter kid tripped and fell in the blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hit his number head. two. Yeah. It looked That was real. a number one. No, it was, that was, it was two. number two. Sorry. Two is a weird thing about it, too, because two had a television cut. And then it had a theatrical cut. And the television cut actually had an extra like 20 minutes in it. And, and people the, remember the well, which cut had the, the TV minutes? cut really? for Halloween actually had an extra like 20 minutes That's in it. Almost weird. So there's a lot of people that have, who watched it on TV are waiting for scenes that didn't happen. And that has that scene that where he trips on blood happens but it it didn't happen in the same place that they put it in in the tv version in the tv version it happens when he's he's in the room and all the blood had spilled on the ground and he falls down and hits his head in the i might be getting the two versions wrong but in the other version when the explosion happens at the end he falls he falls back and it it looks like his head splits open but i don't think that's what the case he's just sleeping on like i think that might even be why we were searching it because I thought we were like, there's another, didn't he fall on the blood? There's another version of that too, because they used it in Terror in the Isles. So in Terror in the Isles, I have no idea where they used it, but it also may have been after the explosion where he fell too. So Because like th- there's another scene in Terror in the Isles where he stabs the... Uh, the, uh, the, uh, she, the he pillow? thinks he's... he's Stabbing her, Lord, but it's the pillows, yeah. and he stabs him three times. Mm-hmm. That that's a tear in the aisles trick. They do they tripled it okay. in the actual movie. He once. only stabs it once, and it's one of those things. Why do I remember it three times? That's because of the damn tear in the aisles cutting it up. All right, my next and final movie, and this is one that we're gonna do from. Uh, it's a little bit uh, uh, more of a modern one, and this is uh, 2021. I think everyone slept on this fucking movie. I'm trying to get Eric to still uh, watch it, and I don't think he's watched it yet. And it's 2021's Candyman. Okay. I love the remake of Candyman. What did Man. you say? Which one? Don't even try to get me to do it. <laughs> I will not do it. I Don't you have to look in it. the mirror? I saw the original in the theater, mm-hmm. and I remember doing it in the, in the, in the uh, Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, I just yeah, yeah, I was at the party. <laughs> I just watched that episode the other day. It was okay. great. Uh, but let's mm. talk tw- 2021. The problem with this one is people thought it was a remake, and it's a direct fucking sequel to the uh, to the Virginia Madsen, Clive Barker one, and no one had any clue until they were watching the movie that this was a sequel to it. I don't think they sold it as a sequel. They sold it as, hey, this is going to be a new Candyman, and it is a new Candyman. But they started building on this mythology that Candyman has been several people over the years. The original one was the one that was... Uh, and they do some great backstory stuff in this, and when they show backstories... They do it with stick puppets where you see the puppets and you see the stick thing and it's done in such a clever way with the silhouettes and everything that it's such a great thing. Every time you see a silhouette, you're kind of excited because you get to see the puppet show happening. (laughs) Well, it's centered around this one artist uh, played by uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. It's a uh, it's a mouthful. Of course. I learned his name when he he played the blue guy in the the HBO version of The Watchers that came out that... uh, uh, superhero movie it was all right but he was really good in it so they cast him in this and uh, jordan peele is one of the he's not the director of this this was a female director but i think he was one of the producers one of the first things he produced i think after what get year out. Did this come out 2021 uh, so it was right after yeah right after get out he decided to produce this he wasn't going to direct it but it, he had his name all over it uh so we're following uh abdul uh mateen and he's this artist and he's he's doing all this artwork and everything and He's learning about Cabrini Green, which is Cabrini Green is where uh, 
the original no it's where the original Candyman happened you know if you're not familiar with the original Candyman Virginia Madsen was doing a uh, college thesis on Cabini Crean and specifically the lower class housing that happened there and it was all centered around uh, this uh, serial killer that lived there that killed children that uh, put uh, razor blades in their candy and killed them so she went and investigated it and she went too deep into it and she discovered that it's uh, it was a guy that way back Back in like plantation eras, had like a an affair with one of the white women, and the uh, the white men uh, poured honey over him and let the uh, and killed him slowly, and the, the bees killed him. So he's completely connected with the bees. But there's also this kind of mythos if you say his name five times in the mirror, he comes was three back time. uh, five times. Yeah, five times in the mirror. I'm at least at, at I'm at right least now. at three, but I'm not looking at mm. any mirrors and everything. Mm. <laughs> looking at my eyes. Uh, so she ends up getting possessed by Candyman. It's fucking vicious and it's it's crazy. One of the best scenes in it, in it, you wouldn't think it would play back into this movie and it does. You can't believe how much they talk about Virginia Manson and they're bringing the old Candyman back into it. So I was thrilled. I was like, holy shit, this is a direct sequel to this because they're talking specifically about the scene. One of the my top 10 favorite scenes in a horror movie is where Candyman's fucking with her and she wakes up in the house and the, uh, the young black mom is screaming her head off and uh, she's standing over a crib and her uh, baby is missing and her Rottweiler's head's been cut off and she's attacking Virginia Mad- Madsen because Virginia Madsen she claims just did it she just watched her do it not realizing that she's being possessed by Candyman and Candyman actually did this whole crime but it looks like Virginia Madsen did it and this woman thinks Virginia Madsen did it and the baby has disappeared and at the very end of the movie uh, Virginia Madsen uh, climbs and they're having like this weird funeral pyre out in the middle of the uh, projects and she crawls into the fire and grabs the 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 baby out of there and hands the baby back to the mom and uh virginia madsen's burned to a crisp and she ends up dying what we don't know until we're watching this, this is a little spoilery alert but it's it's told early enough uh in the movie and the movie what actually happens in the movie is kind of the more interesting stuff but the baby she pulls out is the artist in this movie. And he goes back and he sees his mom from number one. She didn't look like she's aged a day. I don't know what the fuck she's been doing, but this has been like 30 years since she did the Candyman movies. And it looked, she has she not aged a bit. She looks like she's 40 years old. It's crazy. She was born in like 63. And uh, he tells her, yeah, I, I realized that the, uh, Virginia Madsen wasn't the enemy. It was this Candyman. And she won't even allow him to speak the name in the house and everything. Because what's happening is, He's drawing these like horrific things with his hands, and those people around his artwork start dying. Like uh, he d- he doesn't exhibit about Cabrini Green and the deaths and everything. And these two art people that own the gallery are in there at night after the show, and they end up getting slaughtered because they look in uh, one of the art exhibits is just a mirror and says, "Say my name what five was one times." Of those movies where it was like body parts. Yeah, like the yeah, painter yeah. guy got the one of the that's body hand. parts. Okay, <laughs> with Jeff Brad Dorf. No, it's Jeff. Jeff well, Brad Dorf is in it too. Brad Dorf okay. got his other arm. Okay, he was the artist. Okay, uh, then someone the jogger got his legs. It's a great Sorry. movie. They'll be definitely talking about that in the '90s horror documentary they're making now. Uh, but this guy starts becoming Candyman himself. His hand starts corroding and everything, and it, it almost has you know uh, some people don't like that beehive look. It really bothers the honeycomb look. It bothers some people. I don't know honeycomb why. Look. So a lot of people have problems with it. The, it it's the first time I heard it. Yeah, it's weird. People have like an aversion to the kind the candy of, honeycomb cereal. I, I guess it's it's not big, you know. I mean, it's, it's not small. R- it's real, real big. <laughs> it's big. 
<laughs> it's not small. No, 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 no. <laughs> so this guy's arm and, and almost nobody talking, just got that. Yeah, I know. Uh, so pus is coming out of his arm and it's working its way up, and he ends up finding this kid who had an, who, who this an adult who as a kid had an interaction with Candyman. He's obsessed with him, and this as an adult, this guy realizes that this artist is channeling Candyman. So he's almost like his underling. Do you ever watch any of the Fear of the Walking Dead? First season. The first, first season. Couple of That's episodes. all you need to know is the first season. He's the one that the, the black guy, the the well put together the black guy that end up getting the yacht. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the other guy in this and he's very intense and he's there to protect Candyman and everything. But eventually he's like losing his eye. But there's a lot of great Candyman S stuff together. Like it's it's not just centered around him, it's centered around kids doing it. So there's a great scene where he's uh where these girls are in a bathroom and they're all they're all in the girls room and they're all standing in front of their individual mirrors and they all say let's do it let's do it it's it's an internet sensation let's do it and so they they get to like 3 and one of them bolts out of the fucking uh bathroom I'm not staying for this and they get to 4 and then someone walks in and walks into a stall while that girl's in the stall they get to five and they just get slaughtered. They slaughter. Uh, Candyman shows up and slaughters every one of them. They, some clever stuff done in this one. If you're a fan of the candy, the original Candyman, I think you'd really love this. Now, you don't necessarily have to be a fan of two because two was bad. That Farewell to the Flesh was not a good sequel to Candyman. I didn't see it. Uh, this one, I, I missed having Tony Todd in this one. Tony Todd Tony was Todd still was old great. enough. It would be great to do it. But this guy was very good and menacing as him because he was, as he was turning into Candyman, another one of the Candyman is actually doing the killing. So he's not really doing any of the killings until towards the end where he actually becomes Candyman. It's his turn. Yeah, it's his turn. He's just taking over the mantle, man. And it's fun. It, like I, I would totally be willing to see another Candyman, but I have a feeling a lot of people haven't seen this movie, so it would have to get a whole new audience uh to get the love for it but i'm ready for these sequels now that the uh writer strikes over so so that's it that's it for our halloween we're gonna have actually one more we're having like the trifecta of halloween wild cards before we start breaking into other stuff and going more into the holiday stuff and we're gonna have the uh year in review still coming up but me and my cousin i'm going up north next week and me and my cousin are gonna do a uh for sure, deep dive into some uh, more obscure horror movies that we could talk about. Hopefully, point you in the right direction where you can find them and everything. Because uh, if you're like me, ha- Halloween doesn't stop on November first; kind of goes all the way until like November fifteenth, and then it will start getting into the uh, to the holiday like, films. We don't take our tree down until like February. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I think we've left it up till March before. Yeah, yeah, we've left it in the wood pile at least eight months before before we <laughs> burned it down. Uh, we never drag it to the street because we we were like, ah, it's been out back for so long. I think long. we have a tree from two years ago on our wall. <laughs> that hasn't been burned yet. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, we kind of sticked with it. We I have Halloween decorations right now, but I'll probably pull them down next week or everything, and then we'll have fall up for a little while, and then we'll wait till the last minute to pull Christmas up. Every year, she gets uh, the wife gets a little bit more apathetic to having to do it, so I'll usually do it on my own. All the stuff you see right now is me pulling stuff out and doing it. I was like, ah, you're not gonna. Be. She goes, she's Halloween out of town. Heard, she's heard yeah, she's, she's out of town for Halloween this year though. Okay. She's in uh, Oklahoma visiting her because that's where I would go for Halloween. They apparently they're huge Halloween people there. She's really? been to like seven haunted houses and shit. And they they hand out candy and people go old school there. I had an idea for a script using the farm as a haunted house. Yeah, there you go. I'll tell you Our house off, LLC. I'll, I'll tell you it off the air. So farm no one style. steals it. We already have one. It's called Murder Farm. We just got to do it. No, uh, uh, that, yeah. This one has, you know how when you go to a real haunted house, yeah. they'll have 
like sometimes they'll have victims yeah in there like he's right behind you you go yeah. look out Don't are you get, but it would be like real people like it's a famous farm but he uses real captives that are trying to beg to get help oh, yeah, let yeah. go and people are saying how great of are you guys they are so good where'd yeah. you get these guys yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just kill them on the actual thing yeah, yeah. see i don't know if they've done that because horror hell house horror movie actually dealt with real hauntings they didn't do no with like this is a some guy just guy. tied up 15 people and yeah, every like year watching, they gotta perform like watching a wax museum and exactly. not realizing these people are yeah. actual people mm-hmm. yeah so, that's my script. Good stuff. We'll do it. Uh, <laughs> patent pending. You heard it right yeah. here. Uh, all right. Well, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, contact me and Justin on uh, Facebook. If you want to get a hold of Dave, uh, it'd it. probably be easier through uh, email, which is fascinatingwithfilms at gmail.com. Or uh, you can leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms, SoundCloud and iTunes. But like we said, we got some exciting stuff coming up. We got dealing with some holiday stuff. We're dealing with uh, some more horror. We're dealing with some year of the movies. A lot of the award-winning uh, movies are going to start popping up. The first one, The Killers of the Flower Moon, is already out. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, uh, I'm sure if I wait 10 minutes, it's going to be out on one of the streaming networks. So I'm going to see how long I can hold out. Uh, but obviously, and then Oppenheimer. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. That comes out in like uh, another couple on weeks. My list. Oh yeah, like, you, I don't get excited about too many. Movies, that movie's got you written all yeah, over it for sure. I knew that. Uh, they just I... released the new uh, trailer for Fincher's new movie called Killers. I'm not sure, or The Killer. I'm not sure what Have it's about. Have you seen that Killers of the Flower Moon yet? No, that's the one I just mentioned. Okay. Yeah, where were you? I was, I was somewhere else. <laughs> You're ours. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. No, uh, I, mean, I hear it's amazing, uh, but it's three and a half hours. Three and a half fucking yeah, hours, man. You like long movies. Yeah, but not in the theater. I like it here. Oh, I wasn't talking yeah. about going to the theater. Yeah, yeah. In the, that's where it it's is It's already right on streaming. No, I think it's I Apple think I... TV... Did it bring out? On, I, I swear I saw that it was. I know it's an Apple TV production, so you need Apple TV. But I'll pay the five dollars for the month just to uh, watch it. That's if for you sure. have Apple, if you have the box. Do, do you no, you have to have, have. You have to actually get Apple okay. the app. But it's like five bucks. Or I think it's like five bucks for a seven day uh, free Better thing. Better than Twitter. Yeah, I'll pay for the free thing and watch my Flower Moon and kill it after that. But if you do watch that, uh, that Adam Scott fucking was it? It's not Succession. Uh, Damn, it's, it's a mind-bending TV series that was like the only good thing on Apple TV for the longest time. And I was pimping it for a while, but now I've already forgot the name for it, so who the hell knows. But it's got Adam Scott. Could have been that good. Oh, it was awesome, dude. It was really great. You forgot the name. No, it was good stuff. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, where me and Eric are bringing you some uh, some horror wild cards up in Massachusetts where it's all spooky and shit. Uh, see ya. Bye. Bye.